0: Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mullican, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.McNeilAndFriendsPodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends podcast by telling your friends. And if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Season 4 of the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Throughout this season, I'm going to be talking about new movie releases, topics relating to the new releases, and fun random topics pertaining to movies like we are doing today. As always, I'm inviting friends via Zoom for all episodes. Today, I'm here with my friend Noah, and we're going to be talking about our top 10 favorite historical fiction movies. How's it going, dude? Bro, it's awesome, man. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Um... I actually just released an episode about biopics last week. So this is kind of the antithesis to that episode because this is stories that are, you know, set in a historical time and that didn't exactly happen or are loosely based on true events. So I know you're a big fan of historical movies in general. So talk a little bit about why you like historical movies, even if there is, you know, a little bit of a fictional twist to it. By the way, I'm glad to have you on the episode.
1: Oh, thanks man. I'm glad to be back. It's yeah. been a, it's been a little while. I feel like we did,
0: we did a Christmas one recently. I think that oh, was Oh, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was the last one we did. So.
1: Um So, I like his, his historical fiction movies and historical movies. One, uh I'm a big history buff. I like I like history a lot. Uh history was like my uh best subject in school. Pretty much the only subject I was great at. <laughs> um, so, um I think in high
0: school, that was my favorite subject, but really, yeah. But then through college, it became different. Like I still liked it, but I I grew fonder of English.
1: Ah, yeah. uh, That makes sense. You're a great writer. Um, but anyway, so not a creative
0: writer, uh, not a creative creative writer, writer.
1: No, he's just really great at writing papers and I would ask for help (laughs) all the time. So, (laughs) um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, I like historical movies. Uh, up until maybe about two or three years ago, um, all the fiction movie, historical movies, I thought were true. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would I would go and see Pearl Harbor and think a lot of that was very true. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. But, it, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I just love them, man. They're, they're great action films. Uh, a lot of them, most of them are. Uh, so, yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, I like history movies as well. I don't really care if they're fiction or not. I like the biopics. I like the fictional stories as well. Now, you know, like like I said, we're going to be talking about our top ten historical fiction movies. And I'm not going to say that all of my picks for this list um, do this, but my favorite thing about historical fiction is when a movie takes a historical event and gives you fictional characters and a fictional story. That allows you to empathize with the people who actually experience a true event. I think that's the beauty of historical fiction. I think that's why I really like the genre. And that's not the case for all of my picks because, you know, sometimes I just like to be entertained and I'm sure you're going to have some picks like that as yeah. well that definitely, definitely take some historical liberties shall we say (laughs) um but before we get started be sure to follow or subscribe to the mcneil and friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and a review if you want to help support the podcast you can follow the mcneil and friends podcast on instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast message me on instagram to let me know what your favorite historical fiction movies are you can also follow me on letterbox at mcneil mullican letterbox where i post the movies i watch and write reviews Also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. Lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon and support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil and Friends podcast website at www.McNeilandFriendsPodcast.com and you can find a link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. So to clarify before we jump into this, since historical fiction is a genre with a wide range we have ultimately decided that we are going to be a bit loose with what qualifies for historical fiction. So, basically, our criteria is that if the movie is set during a historical period, or historical event or whatever, but the characters did not exist and the actual plot itself is fiction, or if the story is just loosely based on true events, and not trying to accurately show what actually happened, then we have ourselves a historical fiction movie. So... You know, we talked about, like I said, what does and doesn't qualify. I was even throwing out stuff like Wonder Woman for quite a while, and then you and I were just kind of like, "Yeah, that's just a comic book movie. I mean, it's set during World War One, so I guess you could use it if you wanted to, but we just we threw comic book movies out of the equation just because that, that's just taking a bit of a stretch, especially right, when you're adding right. Greek mythology into the whole thing like Wonder Woman. I just, I just kept thinking of that No Man's Land sequence, but... You know what I mean? So Yeah. With all that in mind, Noah, what are your honorable mentions?
1: Man, you know, uh I have no honorable mentions. <laughs> Why is that? Uh well, I couldn't find enough movies to, to watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's um, all good. Um I mean I was this is struggling a tough to get genre. number 10. <laughs> this is a tough genre to get ten movies for, I'd say, you know. Like yeah. I was able to find about I mean, there's a ton, but I was able to find, like, maybe 15 or 20 I actually liked, and I just, you know, made my 10 and 5 honorable mentions. So, I'll give you my 5 honorable mentions. You can tell me if you've seen any of these. Uh, so, my first honorable mention here is Gangs of New York. From uh, It's set during 1860s in the New York slums. It's directed by Martin Scorsese, and it has Leonardo DiCaprio... Daniel Day Lewis, Cameron Diaz. It's a great movie. Daniel Day Lewis is phenomenal in that role as Bill the Butcher. Um, my next one here is *Inglorious Bastards*. From uh, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, directed back in or that he made back in 2009, and it's set during World War II. And you know how, if you guys are Quentin Tarantino fans, and you know how he alters history, they kill Hitler in this movie. They just shoot him up in the face. So uh, there's definitely some historical liberties there. Um, <laughs> It's um yeah, that's a great movie. It's definitely one of his best. Um oh Brother, Where Art Thou? This is uh a movie that is loosely based on the Odyssey and it is um set in the Great Depression during um or set during the Great Depression in Mississippi so the 1930s. Um so this one like you know, it has them doing a couple things, you know, with some historical things like them writing man of constant sorrow things like that so that's why i made that one qualify for here for this list uh next little women this uh, i'm doing the 2019 version the one that came out two years ago i really like that movie it's great um set during 1860s new england uh i think it's like during the civil war time period Hmm. and then lastly we have blood diamond this is set during 1990 sierra leone civil war has leonardo dicaprio uh, a bunch of other actors it's a it's a great movie um and yeah i mean it it tells the story of that civil war going on but um it's a, it's like a political war thriller basically it's a, it's a good movie um so those are my honorable mentions have you seen any of those
1: yeah i've seen i think oh brother where are thou uh you mentioned that one in there so i've seen that okay
0: one. cool so what
1: is your number 10 my number 10 pearl harbor all right Yes. So uh, I really like Pearl Harbor, actually. Um, like I said before, uh, I used to think that it was completely accurate.
0: <laughs> um, so, How old were you when you thought that movie was completely accurate?
1: I don't know. Um, like 16? Seven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, never yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was pretty bad. Pretty bad until, you know, you helped me get... You got me straight, bro. Like, you helped oh, yeah. me so see did, the light. Oh, yeah, so we did that
0: episode a while back. And we yep. talked about Pearl Harbor and how completely historically inaccurate that movie is. It was, like, rated one of the most historically inaccurate movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's entertaining. I will give it that. It is a very entertaining movie, and it has good action. Um, yeah. I was just... I just kind of wish it was more of a movie about Pearl Harbor than like a Nicholas Sparks styled romance story, you know? Right. That, that's just me.
1: Well, I mean, I like I said, and I, I feel like I said this in the last podcast. Um, but the reason why I like it is my grandfather, my great grandfather, he was uh he was a part of that. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah. I'm uh, not in Pearl Harbor, but uh, whenever the Japanese planes were flying over, uh, to heading to Pearl Harbor. Uh, They flew over his battleship and some of them kamikaze down and tried to blow up the ship. Um, So that's, I mean, it's a big movie for me just on that.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I think it's entertaining. Like I said, it's just, I don't know. It was just really long. It was just an (laughs) overly long, dramatic romance story that didn't happen. And I was just like, "Eh." yeah, it's whatever. Entertaining though. I mean, yeah. like I'd watch it again. I think it does get a little bit too much hate, you know, probably just because Michael Bay directed it and all he he's known for his explosions. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially those Transformers movies. Can't forget about those. <laughs> no, um, no. So my number 10 is Django Unchained. This is another Quentin Tarantino movie, like I talked about in Glorious Bastards just a little bit ago. Uh, This movie has Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio, Christoph Waltz, Kerry Washington, Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, lots of people in this movie. So this one, the setting of this movie, it's set in the South two years before the Civil War. Um, I want to say Mississippi. Um, The story itself is not true. Definitely not true. uh, But it's set during a historical time period, obviously. And has its accuracies and it has its inaccuracies. There you can go find a lot of people, a lot of historians, a lot of critics talk about, you know, what it got right, what it didn't get right. Um, but again, it, you know, it is just a movie that's fictional, meant to entertain you. Um, now, it's been around two years since I've seen this movie, and so it's not the freshest on my mind when it comes to what movies are on my list. But I do really like it. I remember really liking this movie. It's about a character named Django, played by Jamie Foxx, who is a slave that ends up on a mission with a German bounty hunter. Dr. King Schultz played by Christoph Waltz and they're trying to capture the Brittle brothers. Now once their mission is complete, Django is freed, and with Schultz, together they hunt the most wanted criminals in the South and they free Django's wife. It is a very cool story. Um, like I said, didn't happen, but it's you know, it's entertaining and, you know, Quentin Tarantino likes to take his liberties with history. And, you know, you know, some people might think it works, some people might think it doesn't. A lot of people do tend to like this movie. I really like it. I enjoy it. Um, You know, and even though it does take place in the South, the style of story has very strong Western vibes. Um, And it's even labeled like a revisionist Western movie. You Hmm. go look at what genre it's classified as. But um, all, all the performances are fantastic all around. Jamie Foxx is phenomenal in the lead role. Christoph Waltz is great. DiCaprio is fantastic. There's one particular scene in this movie that always stands out to me, which is they're, they're in like this dining room area, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is just going nuts in this role that he has, and he was getting really mad, blowing up on everybody, and he slammed his hand down to the table, directly into a glass cup, and accidentally did that. That didn't mean to happen. That wasn't like in the script. And oh. he slammed his hand down on the table, broke the glass, and his hand starts bleeding, but he kept going with the scene. I've and seen that video
1: on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and every,
0: and everybody kept going with it too. And he just shattered glass all through his hand. He's just gushing <laughs> blood everywhere, and he just kept going. I was like, "That is phenomenal. That is some true dedication right there." Like Dang. I watched an interview with Jamie Foxx. He talked about that particular scene when they shot it. He said like, Quentin Tarantino was like, you know, looking through his camera when he was filming the scene, and then that happened, and he just like popped his head around the corner and was like, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> That scene always stands out to me just because of how authentic everything was. But yeah, I, I really like that movie. It's entertaining. Um, you probably, I think you'd like it. Uh, I think you should check it out at some point. So yeah. um, what's your number nine? My number nine, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That nine was in your I'm honorable Meyer. mentions. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was.
1: Yes. So this movie, I, I haven't seen this movie in a while. Um, I think the last time I saw this movie was in our English class in high school. Which is crazy how watch long it? ago. Yeah. We yeah, We watch watched it because we read the Odyssey. Remember? Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I, I really like this movie. But one, it's, it's pretty entertaining. It's pretty funny. Um, I'm a big comedy guy. Um, but I, one of my favorite moments in this movie is uh, whenever they find the girls at the lake. And
0: he's like, I found them first. I found <laughs> them first. <laughs> they are mine for whatever reason i always remember the part in the beginning where he's like we're in a tight spot and he keeps saying that <laughs> yeah. for a while i was like we're in a tight spot <laughs> yeah <laughs> i always remember that part for whatever reason i like this movie i think it's it's interesting and i always love that man of constant sorrow scene in the beginning then they play oh, it later yeah. on and I, I love that song i've actually played that song at like some open mic nights with friends before um really yeah. Yeah, Tucker and I would we, we used to play that song all the time. He wanted to do that song all the time for whatever reason. I don't remember why. Um, but that was a song we played very frequently. Interesting. Very different from our style. Like we were just yeah. like alternative rock, but we were always playing Man of Constant Sorrow for whatever <laughs> reason.
1: I could totally see I could totally see the band that you're in, finding freedom. I could totally see them doing something like that. Yeah, that would be
0: cool. Dan, Rob, Josh, if you guys are listening, we need to do a Man of Constant Sorrow cover. Yes, yes, um, but yeah, a brother worked out a little off topic. Um, it's a that's a good movie. Yeah, like I like the music. It's like you know that bluegrass style they have going on. I'm not that's not like a big genre I'm a fan of or whatever. But um, yeah, that's a that's a cool movie. It's got you know George Clooney, yeah. Tim Blake Nelson, John Goodman. It's got a lot of people in there. It's a Coen Brothers movie, um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of like this little crime comedy drama loosely based on the Odyssey. And uh, yeah, it's um. You know, set during the Great Depression, so it's got, that's why we let this one classify as a um, historical fiction movie, because it does depict a few things, you know, about that particular time period, so. Yeah. 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 Why not, you know? Oh, brother, art thou. Well, so what's your, what's your number nine? So my number nine is Dunkirk. Um, nice. This is directed by Christopher Nolan. It stars Tom Hardy, Killian Murphy, Kenneth Branagh. Harry Styles. A lot of people are in this movie. It's set during late May and early June of 1940, World War II in France. The uh, so reason this one is fiction because a lot of people are known for this movie uh, to be a fairly accurate depiction of the Dunkirk evacuation, um, but it does th- it does so through the usage of fictional characters. So that is a prime example of why I like a historical fiction movie um, when you take the historical characters or fictional characters, excuse me, and um, you know depict an accurate representation of what actually happened so what happened in this particular scenario was that germany surrounded the french british and belgian troops during the battle of france and the story is about how the allied soldiers were evacuated so this movie has really grown on me over time like by a lot because i didn't like it when it came out because i was this little stubborn 17 year old that had the complete wrong expectations watched it again i was like this is absolutely amazing why did i not like it um, and I just talked about it a little bit ago my Christopher Nolan filmography ranking episode just a while back, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so Dunkirk is a very atypical movie in a very good way, and unlike any other war movie or just really any movie for that matter. Um, it has three storylines going on at once. It has one on the beach that takes a it, it it covers a week and a week long time period, and then there's also one in the air that is an hour long, and then um, and then it covers uh, the group of people that were actually trying to get to the beach so that way they could rescue troops and that covers a day. So you got these three timelines that eventually overlap into one. And I think they meet up at the end wonderfully, telling this story linearly, I don't think would have been as captivating, nearly as captivating. Um, But, you know, this movie is extremely intense. It is very suspenseful, really puts you on the edge of your seat, um, especially because of the combination of Hans Zimmer's score where it's just, you know, it's it's got that ticking time clock going on in the background, and it's really suspenseful, and then the cinematography as well, because the movie isn't necessarily relying on you to, you know, have characters be developed. It's just, it's basically immersing you into this story, making you feel like you're a part of it. It's kind of like, it's told as in, you know, like you're just watching a war happen, not necessarily like a lot of character development or anything like that, and I think that's a very unique way to tell this story. Um, it's overall though it's a, it's a great rescue story. It's a phenomenal movie. Uh, it's grown on me a lot over time, and it's a very unique and tense experience. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, but yeah. So what is your number eight? My number eight, Mulan. Now,
1: now this movie is not the new one that just came out. It is the original, the cartoon, the original, <laughs> the original. Um, so this movie, uh, set in Japan, I believe, um, back in that time period. Uh, no, China, China. So yes. So back in China, my bad. Um, I just love the, I love the story of this movie. I think it's great. Um, I love the characters in it. Like Mushu is obviously my favorite character just cause of, he's so funny. Um, yeah. he, he cracks me up and, but, uh, I love that this movie is a, com- a combination of uh, passion, comedy, and just it has a lot of great action in it. As a kid, yeah, uh, even still today, I think it has really good action. Um, but I, I used, used to watch.
0: Huh? Go ahead. I I I stopped because I realized I haven't seen the remake, and I was gonna say I think it's better than the remake. Then I realized I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I Haven't seen it either. <laughs> I just didn't care. It's like why do we keep why do we need to keep remaking these movies?
1: Yeah. Um but it's it's a phenomenal movie. Um it just it makes me laugh a lot. So yeah. There
0: you go. That's a really nostalgic movie for me. I watched that a lot when I was growing up. That was like one of my Same. favorite Disney animated movies. I watched that movie all the time. Uh watching with friends, you know, just turn on the background, whatever. It's a great movie. It's really entertaining. I like that you have a uh, an animated movie on this list, you know, get some some animation representation on here. That's like a, a rhyme. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do like I do like Mulan. I I don't know. I that maybe could have made an honorable mention for me. I'm not sure. It's been a while though since I've seen it. I need to check that one out again. And yeah. not the not the remake cuz I just don't care. Yeah. Um but yeah, so uh, my number 8 here is Fury. Uh, This is directed by David Ayrt, stars Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, Logan Learman, Michael Pena, John Bernthal, Scott Eastwood. The setting of this movie is April 1945, World War II, Germany. Um, It's set towards the end of World War II, obviously, like I said, 1945, and it's about a fictional tank crew. And it's influenced by true events, but the movie itself is definitely fictional. Uh, This is one of my all-time favorite war movies, and not a lot of people say that, so I'm kind of in the... I'm kind of by myself there, but I do think it's very underrated um, yeah. in a way. It's similar to saving private Ryan and that it's a movie about a team. But in this case though, it's specifically about a tank. It's about tank warfare, which is very different. And that's not a, um, that's not an angle. A lot of war movies focus on. Um, and I think that's really cool that it's, you know, it's just about a different form of warfare that isn't really explored much in a lot of war movies. Um, So it tells the story of a U.S. tank crew in Nazi Germany, and it does not shy away from the violence that they go through and the harsh environment that troops live in during these times, and it also doesn't shy away from how desensitized people can become in circumstances like this, especially when they've been there for such a long time like the majority of these characters have, and then they take in somebody who's new to their crew, and you kind of see what it's like for somebody to develop a bond with these characters and it, and what it's like for somebody to eventually try to you know their their mindset starts changing and this movie kind of explores that and i think it's interesting and you watch these this this crew eventually they develop a very strong bond and by the end they have a very satisfying arc as a crew but that ending really gets you i think and, yeah um, it's a it's a great movie it's one of my personal favorite war movies not a lot of people i mean people talk about it but it's not one that you know i i'm i'm pretty bold with where i would place it in like a war movie ranking i guess we could say yeah but, um i think it's cool it's a good movie so uh what's your number seven
1: my number seven is Forrest gump
0: forest gump is that what you said yes Forrest yeah, gump at first i was like what
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Forrest gump uh this movie it's extremely funny extremely funny tom hanks um uh, as the main character in this movie uh, has a lot of historical uh, moments in it with uh, Vietnam or should I say Vietnam <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just it's it's a great uh, fantastic movie. Um, like I said, I'm a huge comedy person. I love to laugh all the time um very so, true very true. A lot of people like my laugh apparently um, especially your grandparents yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but uh no this movie is just great it's it's super funny i think this is the number one movie that i probably quote most of the time uh, with my friends with my friends yeah wow um the whole uh life is like a box of chocolates and
0: uh (laughs) i actually so okay the line is not act. everybody says life is like a box of chocolates but it's Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're (laughs) gonna (laughs) get. Yes,
1: yes, yes. But it's life
0: was, not life is. Man, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Um, It's mind blowing. I was just reading. I was reading like movie quotes get wrong one day, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, did you grow up watching this
1: movie I did so I, I yeah I did and uh, my girlfriend and did. I we we talk about this movie all the time we quote it to each other all the time it's fun oh wow it's a lot of fun yeah. but anyway
0: well, we, we might see Forrest Gump on my list a little bit later really ooh Maybe. exciting exciting news <laughs> um, so my number seven is Empire of the Sun um, wow this is another movie that I think is very underrated I think you would love it I know you haven't seen it um but it's uh it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Stars Christian Bale as a really young kid, like he's like twelve or eleven or something in this movie, something like that. Um, and it's set in Shanghai during World War II. So this movie is inspired by historical events and things that actually happen. But it, you know, it's about historic or it's about fictional characters. So uh, the actual story didn't happen, but like the event going on, it is set in a real event. Uh, so, I've talked about this movie a few times in my podcast in a couple episodes, but it's been a while since I have. Um, this is a movie about an English boy who was living in Shanghai during World War II when the Japanese invaded um, that area and forced foreigners into camps. So, the little boy named Jamie separated from his family and... Um, it's it's interesting movie because it tells a story, it's a war story, but it tells it through the perspective of a child. So that's, that's different too, because obviously not a ton of war movies are about kids. Um, but it shows how he copes with the circumstances that he finds himself in. And it's very fascinating to see how optimistic he remains. And he's like the symbol of hope for the people that he's surrounded by and he develops bonds with the people around him, and you see him discover a lot about himself, including very strong leadership qualities from a very young age. Um, But it's a great story. It's a very underrated Steven Spielberg movie. I've talked about it multiple times in here, so I won't be too elaborate about it. But it was nominated for a bunch of awards and won nothing, unfortunately. But I think it's a really well-made movie. It's uh, definitely one I think a lot of people could uh, appreciate it and really enjoy it. So, So, yeah, it's definitely... It's my it's my number seven. It's on this list. So uh, so yeah. What's your number six?
1: My number six is Gladiator. Love nice. this movie. Love this movie. I've watched it so many times. I grew up with it. It's great. Um, grew uh, up some people watching
0: Gladiator. That's pretty gory. Uh,
1: yeah, I know. Uh, it it was. It's just a great movie. My brothers and I we watched it um, uh, together, but. It's just. You a, know, I just a, realized
0: what. So a lot of people have come on the show saying they've watched all these movies. They grew up watching these movies, and I was like, I just would not have been allowed to do that. <laughs> I'm just putting together that everybody. I'm the oldest in in my family of, of my siblings. Everybody else, I think that I know is is not necessarily the oldest or most of them at least, or people that have been on the show, and. I think that's why, because they all had older siblings that were already watching things. So then parents are probably just like, "Yeah, whatever. This kid's already seen it. Maybe it'll mess him up. Maybe not. We'll see." <laughs> but there's yeah. been some movies where I'm like, "Wow, yeah, I can't believe you watched that when you were like six.
1: Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I I am the youngest of my family, so I mean, there you go. No. Um, but yeah, so this this movie set. Uh, Pretty much all over the place It's mainly Rome Uh, It starts out where uh, the main character Is a uh, Like a Roman um, Gladiator Well not a gladiator at first He is a uh, soldier in the Roman army But he is like a high A high commander And uh, The emperor Wants him to become king instead of his son But his son just doesn't like that And ends up killing his family um, so this movie is just, it is pretty gory, but it has a great story to it, I believe. Um, and it's just very, it's filled with, uh, a lot of passion and a lot of, uh, a lot of strength on his part, um, yep. just to be able to go through all of that. Um, so. He's a very brave individual. He is. He really is. Um. And I, I love that. It really, like, after I get done watching the movie, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to go conquer the world. Like, let's go. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Dude, the music in that movie is great. Hans Zimmer's score is fantastic yes. in that movie. And that oh opening my battle sequence is probably my favorite part of that movie. I think that opening scene is great. Oh, yeah.
1: Guy comes back. He's like, man, he's been gone for a while. Comes back with uh, riding a horse without a head, and then the uh, Vikings chuck his head. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I it's, forgot about that. Yeah, it's yep. an intense movie. Yeah, it's I, pretty I great. like it. I think it's good. People tend to like that movie a bit more than me, so you won't see it on here. But I do think it is a very well-made movie, and I think Russell Crowe was great. I always remember the line: "Are you not entertained?" Yeah. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great that's a good movie. quote. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, so my number six, you already talked about it, Forrest Gump. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. He's a great director. Like you said, it's got Tom Hanks, Gary Sinise, Robin Wright, Sally Field. A lot of people in this movie. Starts in 1951 Alabama. Then it kind of goes all over the place. All over the place. And then it ends in 1981 Alabama. So, you know, goes back to where it started. Um, (laughs) But obviously it's fictional because, you know, Forrest Gump. Uh, but his version of history is very different from everybody else's because of how significant of a role he plays in literally everything. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he created that Elvis dance. He was in the Vietnam War. He met JFK. He met yeah. LBJ and was awarded the Medal of Honor. He witnessed Watergate, and he called it in. He's like, I think something's wrong. You know, and Tom Hanks, his performance is amazing. It's yes. so good. That's one of his best um, for sure. But I think I, like so too. you like you I grew up watching this movie a lot um I saw it I think for the first time I was like maybe 11 or something like that yeah and uh I watched it on repeat a lot oh yeah when I was when I was um when I was younger and it was like a movie that uh I think maybe you and I have watched a lot of our friends watched it when we were growing up um there's also so I like I've said a few times in here I I live in South Carolina um, I don't live near the coast, but like I've been to the coast tons of times. Uh, I'm in the upstate, but um, Charleston, and this is not the only place that has this, but there is a place called Bubba Gump's in Charleston, it's the you know, seafood restaurant. Yeah, the place is, it, clo- it closed in Charleston. It closed. Do you, do you know that? Yeah, it closed. No. Yeah, but they're open all. all you know, all their other ones are open. it Closed the one in Charleston. Wow. Yeah, that's Dang. upsetting cuz I would go there a lot like I used to go to um before covid I would go to Charleston once a year and uh you know I'd go to Bubba Gumps but it's it's closed so well but um bro
1: I was like okay so I was just in Houston or no I was south of Texas about 2 hours away from the border uh just a couple of days ago and the amount of shrimp fishing That we saw out there on the coast was incredible. I was just like, man, I just want to see a Bubba Gump boat. I just want to see it. Or a Jenny boat. Jenny. I want to see a -A. -A. (laughs) Jenny (laughs) boat. I just want to see it so bad. But sadly, I did not.
0: Um, Yeah. That was Corpus Christi, right? Isn't that where you were?
1: uh, Yes. Uh, Yes. That's where I was. Nice,
0: Great show. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Anyway, Forrest Gump, it's a great story, very rewatchable, highly quotable if you can't tell of already by us, you know, quoting Forrest Gump in his voice. Yes. Um, I, I really love this movie. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's a great movie. What is your number five? My number five,
1: uh, Saving Private Ryan. Great. Nice. Great movie. Oh my that gosh. It's a
0: great war movie.
1: Um, I love how, I love how accurate this can be at times. Uh especially whenever they're coming out uh coming out of those uh boats with all the soldiers inside of them and they're going out onto the beach right there. The D Day invasion. The, the D Day invasion, yes. Yeah. Uh what a moment that in that, that movie. That is
0: probably out of any war movie, saving Private Ryan, it's not my favorite war movie. I do really like that movie. I think it's great. Yeah. Um but that first 30, 35 minutes, however long that sequence is, that sequence is probably the best sequence in any war movie ever.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, dude. I, I just think that's one, of, that's one of my favorite moments in the movie, I think, is uh, yeah. number one, I mean, it's, you know, it's very graphic. Um, definitely. Yeah, it does not shy graphic. away from war. Yes. Um, you know. But I I don't know, man. I just think it's I think it's a fantastic movie. Great
0: movie. Yeah, I agree. I think like I said, it's not my favorite war movie. It'd be up there for me. Um, but the reason it's not quite up there like some others is because I think that initial first thirty, 30-35 minutes, that D Day invasion sequence is so well done. Yeah. That the rest of the movie just doesn't live up to it. Yeah. And it, yeah. I mean it's still good, but it's not that beginning. And I'm like, man. Okay. Let's get back to the beginning. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. I've seen it. I want to say I've watched it like two or three times. And I had a, I don't know if you, I don't remember if you took this class in high school or not, but it was uh, a World War II class. Yeah. You took that class?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. We watched like a part of it in that class. I don't know how we were able to pull that one off without like having parent signatures or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, cause, you know, like if yeah. it's rated R, you got to have the signature. But I think he was just like, well, if you don't want to watch this this little part here look away. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's a good class. <laughs> that was a good movie too. Yeah. Um but yeah, man. Uh wow, what a great movie. Uh so my number 5 is The Revenant. This came out in 2015. Um I never know how to pronounce this director's name. Alejandro Gonzalez. Don't know how to say the third name. Sorry. Uh so <laughs> I just I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Yeah, anyway, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, a lot of other people. Um, It's set in 1823. Um, Today, the setting would be the present-day Dakota, South and North Dakota. Um, So that's the area this movie takes place, but back then it was more of like a territory. Um, It's fictional because it is based on a true story, but definitely, definitely takes some major liberties with what actually happened. There's a lot that is not true, but it does get some things right. Um, so some of the major things that are different in this movie, the ending is different from the actual story. Um, I, you know, in regards to who dies or who doesn't die, or if anybody dies, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm to leave it open ended for people who haven't seen it. Um, there's also no evidence that Hugh Glass, the main character depicted by Leonardo DiCaprio. There's no evidence that he had the relationship in real life that's depicted in the movie. There's just, there's no documents or not necessarily like just, there's no evidence for it. Um, and, Also, no evidence that he had any children either, and that was a major part of the movie. So, you know, obviously it's a fictional story, and you know, I like what the movie did, and I think it's great. Um, I also could be wrong. I want to say I've read somewhere that it didn't take place in the winter like this movie does, like this, like snow had nothing to do with it. Um, But if you haven't seen this movie, and you've probably heard of it, it's the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio basically fights a grizzly bear. And survives, and that was actually true. Hugh Glass, it, like, what he's historically famous for is surviving a bear attack, and man, is that a brutal scene. That is tough to watch, because you can hear bones cracking, you just, oh. it's just, I watched that for the first time, I've seen that maybe twice. Um, That scene is a tough scene to get through. Yeah. And then seeing how he has to, like, tend to his own wounds because he's left by himself. Like, he's abandoned, basically, because people thought he was going to die. Um, even though some people didn't think that was right. But, you know, there are some uh, pretty dogmatic people that just wanted to leave him back. And um, seeing the things that he does to, like, tend to his wounds, it's just, like, ugh. Mm, no yeah. thanks. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, like... Gore doesn't bother me and stuff like that but like when you're watching somebody have to do the stuff to heal because of what he went through it is just nuts but it is a great movie it's a great revenge story so like a lot of places it's labeled as a western um but it's more of like as you could say like a frontier or whatever but it's like a but I think it's because it has the a lot of western themes a lot of common Western themes in the story. It's got amazing cinematography. Like, there's a lot of long takes in this movie. A lot of long, drawn-out shots that are really cool. Yeah. Uh, Some very very visually impressive-looking shots as well. Leonardo DiCaprio won Best Actor for this role. This was the award that he won. Um, Was it his best performance? I would say that The Wolf of Wall Street is, and I've been vocal about that in here. But this is a good one. This is one of his best, I'd say. But... I, I think he should have won for Wolf of Wall Street. And I'm glad he won this one too. But Tom Hardy was also great. Uh, like I said, it's tough to watch at times. But um, cool little side note. I've seen a lot of places this movie is filmed. Because even though it takes place in the, in the Dakotas, which I've never been, it's filmed a lot in Canada. And I met the guy who is like the water safety guy on this movie. So there's a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is floating down a river. And this guy was like five feet away from the camera the whole time, five, 10 feet away from the camera the whole time, like making sure that all the safety precautions are being taken. He was like a, like a, a boat tour guide or whatever. And in, in that particular river. Um, and, uh, I met him just coincidentally when I was, you know, just doing some attraction type things in Canada, sightseeing or whatever. in um, Banff and, uh, that was super cool, and that's what actually, like, I hadn't watched the movie yet, and I wanted to, and he talked about it when I went back home. I was like, I gotta watch it. So I did. That's a cool little, yeah. little side note there. But um, That's cool, bro. yeah, that's a great movie. Um, everybody knows it is. This is the movie Leonardo DiCaprio fights Bear. And <laughs> I can see why he's known for that. It's a very graphic scene. <laughs> yeah. So um, have you seen it? I have not, no. Dude, you gotta watch that movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, so, uh, what's your number four? My number four. Now this is
1: the part of my list where I, I, people may feel differently about this, but it starts to get a a little weird. Um, my number four is Titanic. Why is that weird? Well, just wait, just wait till the rest of my list. Uh, Um,
0: so you mean like later on?
1: Yes. So later on. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I feel like would, would say that this is, uh, a number one. For them, maybe I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just how I how I feel. Uh, but this movie is 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 a fantastic movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, fantastic movie. Um, I started watching this actually whenever I was young, uh, which I'm very surprised about because um, there's a lot of weird scenes in this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the music in this movie, I think, is what gets me. That it's, is
0: my second favorite score of all time, dude. It is it's phenomenal. So James Horner's score in this movie is great. Yeah, bro. Uh,
1: a lot of fantastic scenes. Uh, I think we all know the story of Titanic, but if you don't, you know, it's at that time, it was like one of the largest or the largest uh, cruise ships built um, at that time, I believe. Um, and then they're going down and then they crash into a, a glacier. Iceberg. Iceberg. Yeah. Um, and the ship falls apart. Um
0: yeah, and they said it couldn't be they said it couldn't sink. Yeah,
1: it was an unsinkable right.
0: Unsinkable ship. Right. Which was a lie, clearly. It did sink.
1: <laughs> it done <Yep>. sank. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so, yeah. Um, great movie though. Uh fantastic scenes in this uh Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio is in this movie. I don't remember the name of the lady that played um
0: Kate Winslet.
1: Yes. Uh, she did a great job, too. They have great
0: chemistry. They do.
1: They should, oh, my gosh. I know they,
0: they did another movie that I haven't seen called uh, Revolutionary Road, but I want to see like more from them. They're so <laughs> yeah. good together. They're yeah. great. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, uh, yeah, so a gr- lot of great scenes in this movie. Uh, I think the most popular, two of the most popular scenes in this movie are um, kind of towards the middle, maybe, whenever uh, he's holding her from behind and she's got her arms out. Uh, right there on the on the deck of oh, the ship.
0: That, yeah, that's like the most iconic part of the movie. Everybody yeah. like r- tries to recreate that scene, and it's yes. just embarrassing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it's and like then, just <laughs> let
0: them do it. Stop it. Do your own thing. <laughs> Create something new. Um, so yeah, we need more originality, people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and then at the end of the movie, of course, whenever Jack is, uh, right there on the edge of, uh, was it a door or what was that door?
0: Yeah. Um, there's the debate. Was there enough room on the door for him or was right. there
1: not? You know, I mean, cause the door have sank with him on it.
0: That's a lot don't, of weight. Don't know till you try.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess and he she, didn't try. Nope. She would have died too. Probably. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, dude, uh, that's a great movie. One of my one of my favorite uh, historical
0: films, definitely. So, yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, so my number four is Braveheart. Oh, great! Um, yes, yeah. You know, it's uh, you know when you read about it, there's not a lot about it that's very accurate, but you know, it's an entertaining movie. It, it is a lot of fun. Is. It is an awesome movie. It was directed by Mel Gibson, and it stars Mel Gibson. And it was made back in 1995, and its setting is late 13th century Scotland. Um, And it's based on William Wallace, who is a real person, but they fictionalize a character. And the movie is, uh, a lot of it's based on a poem by Blind Harry. Um, And I absolutely love this movie. This particular version, this fictionalized version of William Wallace, I thought was awesome. Yeah, he was. I liked how insightful and courageous and brave he was. He was a relentless dude. Like he was not backing down from what he believed in. And I really liked that. He had a great philosophy on life and freedom. Um, you know, he talked about it's your wit that makes somebody strong, not necessarily like your physical strength. Like It is your wit that will get you places. That was something that he right. kept talking about throughout the movie and that he gained from uh he learned that from, I want to say it was his dad and then his uncle passed it on to him as well after his dad died at the beginning. But I I love the themes in this movie. I love that character. I think it, like the scenic shots in this movie are are just great. Oh yeah. Um, The, the themes it explores, um, about freedom and all this other types of stuff. It's just really great. Um, James Horner also wrote the mu- the the music for this movie. Like he did Titanic as well. You can hear some similarities because of that Celtic style. Oh yeah, I love that style, especially when he when he incorporates the flute. Man, oh my it's great. gosh, it's just yes. great. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, you know, if I if I ever redid my uh, top ten scores episode, this would definitely be in there. Now, um, it's a it's a great score. Um, but I mean I love this movie You know I think there's some people that are like eh, Braveheart whatever I yeah. really like it You know if you don't whatever I like it um, But um Yeah that's my number four
1: It's such a passionate movie Yeah,
0: yeah. what's Which number three
1: My number three 1917 Wow that high Yeah yeah 1917 is great movie I didn't um, know you
0: had seen it yet
1: Yeah 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 I saw it almost uh, It was a little bit after it came out but
0: um I saw it in theaters uh January of last year. Yeah. I yeah. guess it was one of the No, I mean there was a few movies I watched in the beginning of 2020 and then theater shut down, but that was one of the first I watched in 2020 in the theaters because it got the United States release in 2020, but yeah. you know, everything else internationally 2019 I think or like premieres or whatever.
1: Yeah. I definitely watched it before I left for Nashville. So that would that had to be probably like February, March, something like that. I feel like. Yeah. Um. But anyway, great movie. Oh my gosh, the I couldn't wait to watch this because all I kept on hearing was, uh, "This movie is shot with one one continuous take and all that stuff." But of course, uh, I believe I've also heard that uh, it was shot with long periods of time, but they would yeah. transition when during it, like explosions
0: and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's a couple like cuts yeah that they have but you know it's some of some of them are obvious some of them aren't but there's not that many and um it's it's very very well made that's one of the best made war movies i've seen
1: oh yeah well now see that's that's where it's such a great movie um and i think what does it for me to the reason why it's so up so up in my list um is because of how great quality and uh and like like the editing and all of that stuff that went on through the movie and all of the work that had to be done for that. I take that um and I look at that whenever I'm watching a movie. Yeah. And that right there is just incredible. It's just incredible. Um so props to those guys whoever did yeah, that. Yeah, like
0: they had to like rely on weather and everything yeah. for that type of movie. I mean, especially when you have like that long take and then having like explosions, like essentially being choreographed yeah. and timed and all this, like all, all the special effects having to, you know, they have to, all these, you know, the the, the characters that they're having to run and walk through things and um, everything they do is, it has to be like perfectly timed. It's, right. it's extremely impressive. Um, I've seen some people complain about the narrative itself. Like there's not a lot of character development and stuff. I don't necessarily want that out of all war movies. When a war movie gives that to me, I really like it more so than those types of movies. But I do respect the movies that are extremely well-made and uh, just super impressive all around. Like as a war movie in 1917 is one of the most impressive war movies I've seen. If not the most. Yes. Yeah. For sure. That's a great movie. Did you see it in the theaters or no?
1: No. No, I wasn't able to see it in the theaters. Um... I believe whenever it came out, I was still uh, in college at the time and uh, I have, I was just about to, uh, I was just about to move back home. So yeah. Um, A great movie though. Fantastic movie.
0: Great. Yeah. That's a, that's a great pick. I still don't know what you mean by your, your next few that you're going to mention are weird. The ones that came after Titanic, like that's not a weird pick. I think a lot of people would pick that one.
1: Um, well, yeah, I'm looking at it now and I'm just thinking about it and I think my number 1 will surprise you. Maybe. Okay. Um yeah, I was probably I was probably wrong on that, but my we'll number see. 1 I feel like will definitely surprise you.
0: Maybe mine will too. I don't know. <laughs> so, my number 3 is uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This came out in 2019 directed by Quentin Tarantino, obviously. Since this is the third time I've mentioned him, he does a lot of historical fiction type movies. Um, this has Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, a lot of people are in this movie. Um, it's set in 1969 Los Angeles, California. So, the reason this movie is fictional is because it takes some serious, serious liberties with the Tate murders in 1969 committed by Manson family members. So, what this movie is about, essentially, is you have these two main fictional characters. Rick Dalton, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who is an actor with a fading career, and Cliff Booth who is played by Brad Pitt and is Rick Dalton's stunt double. So, Rick Dalton lives next door to Sharon Tate, who is an actress and is known because she was killed by the by Manson family members. So, what this movie is about is how Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, primarily Cliff Booth, um encounter the Madison family and certain events that lead to this final twist and how Quentin Tarantino basically rewrites history. It has some, like all throughout, it's got some nice references to famous movies and shows from this time period and stuff like that. Obviously, and then some of the ones that they have in here are fictional too, but there are some things that they reference that are, you know, um, you know, existing things. Um, but the main reason it is a fictional movie is because of the final twist, and it is absolutely amazing. This is one of the greatest endings of all time and I talked about it in my top 10 endings um, episode. So basically what happens is you have a big spoiler alert in case you haven't seen the movie by the way. So what happens is is, um, like in real life the Manson family members that showed up on that street to go kill Sharon Tate and the people in her house uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character Rick Dalton walks outside because he heard a loud car and just you know, yelled at him and everything. And those people turned around, and th- they were Manson family members. And they decided, let's go kill Rick Dalton instead because they recognized him and they thought that would make a bigger impact on society. They were trying to make and say something about Hollywood or whatever. What they don't know is that Cliff Booth was also there, and he has a very well-trained dog, and he's a stunt double. But he also <laughs> happened to be very high at the time when they walk into the house. <laughs> And so they walk into the house. Rick Dalton, or not Rick Dalton, Cliff Booth doesn't even know if they're real. And he's just like, because he's so high. And um, he eventually realizes he's being attacked. And he (laughs) just loses it. And they they murder the Manson family members instead. (laughs) And it is so brutal, the things they do. And some of the things that they do to them are just absolutely shocking, but super hilarious at the same time. It is so funny what happens. And you're kind of like cringing because you're like, oh, oh, that is terrible. But then at the same time, you're like laughing. So it's like, am I supposed to be laughing or am I supposed to be like cringing? I don't know. And I love that. I think it's awesome. Um, (laughs) I I love the ending. I think it's great. Everything uh, culminates in this movie very, very well, very well written. I love the characters in this movie. It is my personal favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, Some people would say some others. I just really love this movie. Um, and it has grown on me a lot since I watched it. I really liked it when I first saw it, and it, it just gets better every time you watch it. Um, it's a great movie, though. Um, so, yeah, that's my number three. Dope, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, what is your number two?
1: Uh, yeah. So, my number two is uh, Braveheart. So, I was thinking heard. that
0: was going to be your number one. Really?
1: Ah, see? Uh huh. Gotcha gotcha um (laughs) uh no so braveheart is my number two since you've already kind of talked a lot about it um we will i will just hit on points that i really like about it um like you said before dude my favorite i think my favorite part of this is the music in it the celtic music in it is just oh my gosh I cannot, it's so good. I cannot get over it, man. That it's flute so gives me cold chills, man. <laughs> 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 like, it
0: really does. It gives me so many cold chills. Um, uh, <laughs> I just I just figured out what your number one is. I just, I just realized they I know what burned. it is. burns. <sighs> we'll see. It was, we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah. You haven't mentioned it yet. I, I should have caught it. <laughs> I should have realized it.
1: Um. Anyway, so like i said man, the music in this is incredible but i love how i love how passionate this movie is and I'm, I'm a huge person on on passion in movies i think that's what draws me in uh action does and comedy does but but if there's not any uh any passion in the movie i'm just like okay i'm just watching a film um yeah. and it's, it's good but it doesn't have that flair that i want um and this has a lot of it uh i think whenever whenever his wife whenever they kill his wife bro it's like a whole different person comes out and he's just like murdering everyone i'm just like yeah. oh my god he's on a mission <laughs> yeah he is bro yeah. and at the end that ending scene is i mean they're they're literally they're torturing him so bad
0: and, he's and he he doesn't he does not give up
1: yeah yeah he does not man and i i, that's, I love that character That's what I love, man. It's so good. But anyway,
0: so what is your number two? My number two is The Prestige. Mm. Came out in 2006, directed by Christopher Nolan, stars Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine, Rebecca Hall, David Bowie, and Andy Serkis. It's set in late 19th century London. Uh, The reason is fictional. Takes some serious liberties, serious liberties with uh, Nikola Tesla and, um, you know, Major spoilers here, so I'll give a countdown. If you want to skip ahead a little bit, five, four, three, two, one. Cloning. <laughs> it deals with cloning, and uh, that is something that does not happen, and that is a major spoiler. And obviously, it deals with fictional characters. So what is going What's going on in this movie is you have Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. They're playing these magicians that have this falling out, and they turn into rivals. And basically, the whole movie is them trying to constantly outdo one another. Um, like I've said before, it's like they're trying to out magic each other basically because they're these magicians. They're these illusionists. So you get to see the links they're willing to take things to basically just to outperform each other. And it's insane. And that's why I said cloning. Um, that was a spoiler if they skipped ahead. <laughs> cloning. <laughs> but their performances are absolutely phenomenal. These are some of the best of their careers. Um it's really cool to see Christopher Nolan do something in a historical setting because usually he's doing like some sci-fi action movie that's either set in the present day or maybe like slightly in the future but then he's got like the Batman movie. so a lot of his stuff is very modern at least uh, but this one is historical like it's back in like I said late nineteenth century London and um, it's just absolutely fantastic. And it's um the the ending twist reveal in this movie is absolutely amazing. It blew me away the first time I watched it. Um I personally think this is one of Nolan's best movies. Um uh, I really enjoy it. I think it it's, you know, it's just really incredible. Uh so yeah. What's your number one? I think I know what it is though. Do you want to take a guess? The Patriot. Absolutely. The Patriot. I should have known. <laughs> I should have known you were gonna say the Patriot,
1: bro. The Patriot. Let me tell you something. That
0: is this, a major historical fiction movie.
1: It's it, yeah, it's definitely historical fiction. But I I absolutely love this film. This film, man. I've been watching it. I've watched it on repeat multiple, multiple Surprised times. Surprised you
0: like that better than Braveheart. Those are both Mel Gibson directed movies. No, yeah. sorry, sorry. They're both they both have Mel Gibson. Mel directed Gibson. by yeah, Braveheart is directed by Mel Gibson. The Patriots directed by Roland. Imer. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, th- bro. I can't say enough about this movie. I just, I, I love, I love how much, um, uh, story this, this, this movie has, uh, talking, it starts off where he's a part of the government system kind of ordeal, um, where he's saying, we don't need to go to war with, you know, uh, I believe England and, yeah. uh, you know, he's like, we don't need to do all this. I mean, he has a major past uh, in war and everything, and everybody calls him, um, oh, Junk. I don't remember the name. <laughs> <Junk>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the, the ghost. Yeah. Um, I believe that was it. But anyway, uh, and he's like telling his son because all of his sons are wanting to go to war. And... He's like, no, I don't want you. You need to stay with the family and everything. And that's just a big moment. Uh, And then they come and they invade his his property and they end up killing his son. And that's that's the moment where he just unleashes everything that he has. I mean, he lost everything, everything um, throughout that whole film. And the the music in this in this movie is incredible too. Yes, I like John. John Williams. John yes. Williams.
0: Yeah. Bro, so good. Yeah, that movie's based on four like actual historical men and they basically just threw him they threw them all together into like this one character portrayed by Mel Gibson. So they threw together Andrew Pickens, Francis Marion, Daniel Morgan, and Thomas Sumter. Yeah. Um they kind of like as he goes through the movie, like the, the ghost thing you talked about, that was um Francis Marion reference. Um, but then like the, I think at the end, I want to say that was the battle of Cowpens. I think I could be wrong. I really want to say though, that, that was the battle of Calpins. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. I'm looking here. Yeah. And, um, that was, you know, a lot of that was based on Andrew Pickens and then, you know, got some other scenes in there too, based on the other two people. But, um, this was a cool movie for me to watch. I didn't, it's not up on this list for me. Um, just because I just like some others better. I mean, it's good. I wouldn't say it's like amazing like you would, (laughs) Um, but it it was filmed in South Carolina and it's like one of those few movies that like, you know, is filmed in in areas that we have seen and, you know. Yeah. And that's just kind of cool to me because like there's a lot of people that live in other areas of the country that can claim way cooler places in South Carolina. Yeah. uh, But this one, like I've seen a lot of the places that it was filmed and I thought that was interesting and, you know, just kind of. Because the only other movies we can claim to be filmed in areas that, you know, we kind of grew up near is the Nicholas Sparks movies. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all filmed in the coast of, like, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia. Yeah. And um, it's just like, y- you know, I would like some better movies to represent South Carolina than <laughs> The Notebook <laughs> and The Choice <laughs> and The Last Song and The Best of Me. And... um well the notebook was a really good movie though. The notebook is actually really good. The others are like guilty pleasures of mine. Safe <laughs> haven, that was another one. Yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. So um Yeah. But you know, and it was cool to see like a historical movie filmed in um in the Patriot. It it's also interesting to see kind of like how the you know, the battles were, were fought back then. It's like yeah. they all just stand in a line and shoot at each other. It's like Dude. That would be the worst thing ever
1: yes because you know you have a really great chance of getting hit <laughs> like yeah that's so dumb
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah that's an interesting pick though for for your number one i should have known that was coming it, really it should have
1: it's such a great film great film um uh, but anyway
0: it was entertaining i'll give it that it yeah. definitely takes some major historical liberty so with just kind of how it you know represents everything
1: bro i have um, to say i have to say during that one uh that one scene at the church and the uh they lock all those people
0: inside the church and burn them i yeah that's one of the most inaccurate things in that movie
1: that's very inaccurate but i cannot i bro i i i get so
0: like i have to close my eyes <laughs> I'm like, i cannot yeah. watch this <laughs> it's a tough scene very tough scene um do so you have any guesses for what my number one is? Oh my gosh! Um, no, I don't. I don't. It's Titanic. Is
1: it really?
0: Yeah, it's Titanic, dude. This movie is the epitome of historical fiction for me. I just think it does it the best. It's directed by Kate. Uh, sorry, it's directed by James Cameron, and it's obviously like we talked about earlier. it Has Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, and obviously it's set 1912 on the Titanic. I guess you could just say the Atlantic Ocean is where it takes place. Um, But, it's you know, it's about these two characters who obviously didn't exist, and it tells a fictional romance story on the Titanic. And what I like about that is that it really allows you to empathize with the loss and tragedy that actual people on the Titanic experience. So it allows you to feel, you know, somewhat feel those emotions by becoming attached to these fictional characters and becoming invested in their relationship. And I think that's absolutely brilliant because in a way, everybody can relate to a love story one way or another. Everybody yeah. can. Yeah. It's it's like one of the easiest things to relate to. And they're like and I think it pays off really well because Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet have such great chemistry. Some of the best on-screen chemistry I've ever seen in any movie. Um, you know, and like we talked about earlier, there's that debate. Maybe there was room on the door for him to hop on there <laughs> and try to live as well. But, you know, but I think the whole purpose of him dying was so that we could feel the emotions that passengers experienced that loss and that tragedy. And I think it paints a scenario really well that allows people to put themselves in that position of the historical event to understand what the people in the past went through. And I think that's the beauty of historical fiction. I think Titanic just does it the best that, you know, takes us and it takes a historical story and allows you to understand kind of what these people went through. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great. Like we said, James Horner score Absolutely phenomenal. It's my number two score of all time. I, I really love it. Um, visuals are fantastic. The replication of everything that they went through to you know film this movie is just absolutely unreal. Uh, James Cameron, he really directed the crap out of this movie. It's, it's an extremely ambitious, one of the most ambitious movies ever made. Um, and I just, I really love it. I think it won like 11 Oscars or something like that. It's crazy. Wow. It was a... This was a dominant blockbuster, I guess, kind of in in nineteen nineteen ninety seven, and yeah. then James Cameron, you know, ended up having the top two grossing movies of all time for a while. This and then Avatar later on, yeah, twelve years later, and um, then nothing, you know, surpassed either one until Avengers Endgame came out. I think. Oh yeah. So. Um,
1: Love Avengers Endgame.
0: Yeah, it's a great movie. Um. So, yeah, that's a I Titanic. That's a great movie. Um, that's my number one historical fiction movie. I just think there's not a movie that does that has you know I don't think there's any movie that fulfills the historical fiction purpose better than Titanic. That's just my opinion. I think it just it tells a great story. Yeah, for I sure. think it's awesome. Those but flute, uh,
1: those flutes and that music too kind of get dude, me, man. It's that's good
0: stuff. The music uh, definitely, definitely you know. Pulls at your heartstrings for sure. Oh yeah, I always feel weird saying that just because I'm just not the emotional <laughs> kind of guy. But yeah, you can really feel some stuff in this movie. <laughs> but uh, this was interesting to see kind of like which movies we, uh, we picked for historical fiction. I think a lot of this is you know based off just kind of what type of stories you like, not necessarily what's the best. Um, but my number one is the best, so there is that. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this was this was a lot of fun. It's really interesting. Uh, so Noah, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah, guys. So y'all guys can find me on Instagram. Uh, follow me, Noah Drums DW, uh, and Instagram is all I have. So DM me. Uh, I'd love to hear um, your choices uh, on what your favorite historical fiction films are. Um,
0: so yeah, guys, totally. I can't believe you said y'all guys on my podcast. Y'all
1: guys. <laughs>
0: it's just so redundant. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I'll be sure to link your information in the description of this episode. But once again, Noah, thanks again for joining me today on this episode. It was a lot of fun. Bro,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to tune in for more episodes as the season continues. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast on the platform you listen to podcasts. can me notified when new episodes are released. If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations. And once again, thank you for listening. Bye.